This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute, the global public square for the business of space. Join us at interastra.space. You might be surprised by the insights I found most valuable from all of this. I had been wondering if I could succeed in the corporate world. Two of my guests erased those doubts completely, each of them adding a hugely valuable punchline in addition. I am the only person to have walked in space and gone to the deepest point in the ocean. Hi, I'm Kathy Sullivan, and I'm an explorer. Exploring doesn't always have to involve going to some remote or exotic place. It simply requires your commitment to put curiosity into action. So join me on this podcast journey as I reflect on lessons learned from life so far and from my brilliant and ever inquisitive guests. We'll explore together in this very moment from right where you are. Spaceship not required. Welcome to Kathy Sullivan Explores. Before we take off, I have a gift for you. I believe that no matter where you are today, an active thirst for knowledge will help unlock your ability to live a life of meaning and happiness. So I'm sharing some lessons I've learned on my road less traveled. Over at KathySullivanExplores.com, you'll find my seven astronaut tips to improving your life on Earth. When you sign up, I'll send them to you and also make sure you're the first to discover future podcast episodes and learn more about exciting adventures ahead. Just head on over to KathySullivanExplores.com. Have you ever faced the challenge of figuring out what path to take next when a major phase of your life ended? It's disorienting when the structure and purpose that have given shape and meaning to your days for a long time vanish. I first faced this in my early 40s. I had gone straight from kindergarten to graduate school to NASA without a break. The next phase had always been clear before the current one ended. Now I was chief scientist at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, a job I knew would end when the next presidential election rolled around. And I wasn't at all sure what to do after that. I could certainly head back to the astronaut corps or find another job within NASA or NOAA, but maybe I should leave government and take a job in academia or the corporate world, like so many astronauts do after they finish flying. All I knew about working in academia was what it had been like as a student, and I knew nothing at all about working in the corporate world. So I had plenty of ideas, lots of questions, and no clue what I should or really wanted to do, or frankly, even how to start deciding. The life hack that got me through this came from an older friend, Mitzi, who knew this now what syndrome well. Early in his presidency, Jimmy Carter appointed her to a high-level job in the Navy. Carter's defeat in the 1980 election meant that the intense, challenging job Mitzi had come to love would end in about 72 days. And she spent all those days helping everyone on her staff land their next job. So Mitzi woke up on January 20th, Inauguration Day, with no job, no prospect, and no clue what was coming next. Just how I felt knowing the end of my chief scientist days would soon arrive. Here's what Mitzi did. She made a list of job prospects that intrigued her, like a certain field of work, maybe national security or local government, 
or a particular company or agency she had come across. Then she came up with a list of people who worked in or around each of those prospects and were seasoned enough to have a good understanding of it. The next step is the key one. She asked each person on her list if she could take them out to lunch to talk about how their world worked. Not so she could ask for a job, not so she could pick their brain about job openings, or just ask them plain out what she ought to do. People duck awkward and impossible asks like that. On the other hand, everybody's really quite glad to share their own story, and you are sure to learn something useful from each one. The lunches that followed gave Mitzi helpful insights about each of her job prospects, the current initiatives and emerging trends, the budget realities, political dynamics, who the players and personalities were, what the organizational culture was like. They also gave her guests a good idea of Mitzi's interests and abilities. So each luncheon was a mix of intelligence gathering and gracious network building. I decided to start using Mitzi's method while my end date was still fairly far off. My rather short list of would-be lunch guests included a quartet of corporate executives, a couple of scientists, and a museum director. I framed our conversations just as Mitzi suggested. Hey, I'm starting to think about what I might do after leaving Noah. Heading into your world seems an interesting prospect, but I know very little about it, like you know how it works or what the greatest challenges and emerging opportunities are or the best and worst parts of working there. What's your take? I took no notes during our luncheons, but afterwards noted key points in the small notebook I was using to collect ideas and questions. You might be surprised by the insights I found most valuable from all of this. I had been wondering if I could succeed in the corporate world. Two of my guests erased those doubts completely, each of them adding a hugely valuable punchline in addition. The first punchline was a warning about the proudly gladiatorial culture in several companies. If you don't love that kind of thing, they're probably not for you, he said. The second, from a different colleague, was, gee, Kathy, I have the hardest time imagining you in our company. That's interesting, I said. Why do you say that? His answer? He knew I could do any job they had but just couldn't see me happy there because none of their jobs allowed for or rewarded the kind of broad and vibrant curiosity that animates and propels me. That was another really valuable caution. About a year after my final lunch, I reviewed my notebook and got back in touch with a couple of the corporate guests and asked who I could talk to in their company about maybe joining their workforce. The more I explored these prospects in detail, the more I realized the truth of those two cautions my guests had given me. Nothing felt right. In the end, I took the utterly unexpected opportunity that landed out of the blue to lead a renowned science museum through a major transformation. But I took it because I had learned a lot about myself and what was important to me and what I needed for success in big jobs. And that was all thanks to my lunch guests. Now, 
Mitzi and I both knew or were known to most of the people that we asked out to lunch. But don't think that has to be the case. Virtually no one will refuse a courteous request to talk about their world and share insights with someone who's crafting their own pathway forward. Someone did that for them along the way, and they're happy to pass it along. So want to talk to the CEO of a major company? If you take the time to write a concise handwritten note, I guarantee it will hit their desk and not just be handled by their staff. And besides, remember, the worst that can happen is that someone turns you down. The best that can happen is that you'll get some pearls of insight and wisdom that serve you well for years to come, and maybe a new mentor or friend to boot. So, who are you going to take to lunch? Thanks so much for joining me on today's mission. For more solo shows and deep dives with incredible guests, along with all the ways to get the podcast and much more, head over to kathysullivanexplores.com. This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute. New episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Music, and most everywhere podcasts are found. To be the first to know when the next episode drops, head over to interastra.space.